And we're back again, late night podcast, as it's about seven o'clock on a Wednesday. Um, not many games kicking off right now. It's going to be, I think, only three games on tonight with the Capitals taking, going to Chicago, take on the Blackhawks at eight. I'll be taking off in about an hour. You got the Rangers traveling all the way down to Arizona to take on the Oats. And the expansion, Seattle Kraken traveled to the Anaheim to take on the Ducks. And that game at 10 o'clock will be on TNT if you want to watch that. And if you're up for it. But who um, knows? Yes. I probably won't be in. Uh, I, I, definitely would not, I definitely would not be. <laughs> but if you wanted to, you can. It's true. Um, but yeah, just kind of start right into it. COVID's slowly kind of picking its way as we head into the winter months and everything, which if you remember correctly, last year in the shortened season, the league had the season hadn't started up yet. The season didn't start up until middle of January, I think, or like yeah. right near the beginning of January of last year, or I guess this year, but last season. Yeah. So this is kind of not really new territory because they played in winter already. But it's still a hurdle they have to go around. And now it's becoming more relevant because you have more games that are getting postponed and more players are getting uh, test positive and our, our own flyers have one with uh, Morgan, Frost. Morgan Frost now. And before that, Cam York had it for a while. He had just come back after being on the protocol. Uh, including, I will say, um, a huge not even just like a huge player's name, but a huge amount, 16, if not 17 members of the Calgary Flames mm-hmm. who've now had to postpone their fourth uh, game uh, Saturday's matchup uh, against Columbus. Coach Daryl Sutter, uh, two assistants were on list, along with Rasmus Anderson, Johnny Hockey, and others raising, again, the number of Calgary players in protocol to 16, but I guess there's 17 total. Maybe- and because um, of this, which shouldn't be a surprise because I know the NFL and uh, NBA are having similar issues to that of the NHL. The NHL, to me, I don't think is afraid to go very strict with rules. And earlier today, they came out with some more restrictions to what players can and can't do, which is pretty much just pretty much go from where you're living to the arena and all this kind of thing. Pretty right. much what it was before. And that you're, it's kind of a bubble, but not really a bubble. You're very limited to where you should be able to go. And at the moment, of for me, I think it's probably the best bet just so you can keep it contained and so you don't have it um, go out more. The thing that really yeah. kind of annoys me, though, and it's the whole thing, it's that every league kind of is dealing with this too. But why, and I assume this is why Frost came out of the game last night, why don't test results come out before the game starts? So if he had it, and obviously I, I assume he's vaccinated or whatever, Martin Frost, but I don't know offhand. But if he wasn't, he still played the first like, like five minutes of the game. Right. And again, you're in contact with your entire teammates and the coaches. So... And testing's gone to the point where you should be. I know that I think they're still using PCR, but where you can get it quickly, quicker enough, quickly enough, where you can get the results prior to the game starting. Right. Again, you would think 
the NHL and and other sports leagues would get this like, figured up enough, but they have just going to the NFL. And you've witnessed this because you you had a Odell on your bench, but the day after, oh, that wasn't me. Uh, no, was you were facing. No, was yeah, he said, yeah. so Babs had Odell. You were facing. You were facing Odell. Facing, yes, got Odell. You. yes. But and the day after, he got he just, yes. After it was already going through the Rams, but still, right. But still, it's like to your point though, which is a great one. Is what's the point in? Like if you know, it's very, it's kind of rare, and that you see that. But I've, I've seen it in, I've seen it in the MLB where players pulled because they just come back being positive. I assume that's why Frost was pulled last night because yep. there's been no other rule thing of him being hurt. So I assume that's what yeah, it was. That, that's that. I think that I've seen it, something come out about that. So, which makes sense. But and and I. I'm glad it's not an injury, but same and, time, obviously, I'm not glad it's COVID. And from you, um, what Yo was saying earlier today, which is a good point, is that at the moment it doesn't seem like there's any other positive uh, tests that's, because, that's as good. he even said in his press conference, if there had been, they would have been taken out of practice. Right there, you go. But no, kind of going back to your point real quick is it it doesn't make sense. Like if you are have any possible indication of a player might have signs of COVID, just give them a rapid test early on. Like just start giving people rapid tests every Mm -hmm. day, every other day. And who cares that they did it during the bubble year, they can suck it up and Mm -hmm. do the, the, and I know they know, I think it's because some people are more people are vaccinated or whatever, but it's just kind of what you have to deal with. You can still get it even if you're vaccinated too. Well, of course. And now there's the boosters, which helps for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, but regardless, yeah. Like, and if you remember know, last year, still get it. It's just, yeah. And the, and the last season COVID hurt two teams for the most part, Vancouver the Dallas stars and Dallas stars. No. Cause Dallas stars were hit just with everything. Cause they yeah. were hit with COVID and then weather and everything kind of kept them from playing games. Yeah. I forgot about the weather. Yeah. And then Vancouver near the end of the season also had theirs. And now their struggles seem to be going into this season too, which similar to the Flyers have had coaching changes and everything. Um, But still, if you're a team like Carolina, for example, because they're getting some uh, COVID or uh, positives too, and they had to cancel a game. Um, Say if they get it, worse or whatever they have to be like calgary where they have to postpone the next four games at the top mm. of the and i know it doesn't matter because it's just the middle of december but you don't want to fall too much and if you're not playing obviously you're going to make up those games later in the season but you still don't want to fall too much just because you're not playing and if you're not playing slowly rust starts to build and everything too it, it does and, and, and it's the way the nhl so really factors. works and we know this firsthand because of how the Flyers are playing this year is that a lot of teams, I want to say necessarily are streaky, but they, if they struggle, they struggle. If they get hot, they get hot at a time. If they're rolling and then automatically stop, it's hard to try to get that back. And the Flyers obviously see, saw that before when this whole, uh, when the pandemic and everything started to begin with, because just remember they were doing so well, then COVID hit, then the bubble happened. They did win a playoff round, but since then they had kind of fallen off. Mm. 
obviously they have just gotten rid of Elaine Mignot. And yes, we know we have been struggling. <laughs> I think that happened about like two weeks now, two weeks ago now. We've been uh, struggling just like the Flyers. It's fine. Yes, we're it's, we're, yes, we're yes, on yes. far. It's old news. It's old news now. <laughs> but yeah, and just to go off this a little bit, a different little tangent, but it does, as we get closer to February, which is when the Olympics hit, I saw this was a question that was asked earlier today. I think it was somewhere on ESPN or something of if uh, players would want to opt out of going to the Olympics because of some of the conditions or whatever to going over. And if mm-hmm. what I heard was that if you test positive, or whatever, you have to quarantine there for a couple of weeks, two to three weeks. And if you're an NHL player and you get, just as positive, that could really hurt you because by the time you get back, it's actually crunch time. Yeah, no, you're not wrong at all. And I and all the guys players, are going, all the players that are going for the most part are teams that are going to be right on the bubble, on the cusp, or wanting to finish up the year strong. And if you're without your best players or best player, that could for a couple of weeks, that could be huge. Yeah, no, that can make all the difference in the world, especially with the uh, you know final stretch and of the uh, season. Especially as annoying as it is, because the players wanted it, they bargained to be in the in the Olympics again. The thing is, is it worth going now just because of that? I really don't think it's because there's been apparently um, a lot of off the track. <laughs> so it's I'll put it this way: it's it's tough for me to look all this up because there's been a lot of lot more restrictions and everything um because i'm trying to avoid twitter at all costs right now uh spoiler alert for the new spider-man movie coming out so I, i'm trying not to go on twitter i get that so i was the same way with the trailer uh, i got 15 seconds to really this is giving me too much this is giving me too much information i want to know right it's i don't want to know before finally yeah 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 um but so i'm i'm looking back at some of the, the like the tweets that my friends have sent me in my group chat that I have with other people. Um, but so some measures include restrictions on indoor dining while on the road, masking, distancing while in club facilities and daily testing, except on days off. So that's just here alone. Imagine the amount of restrictions and policies, policies they're going to have if the Olympics even happen. And mm-hmm. especially out because it's supposed to be in China, right? It's in China. Yep. Beijing. Yeah. Imagine. Just how many more restrictions are going to be, period. Imagine if you get, I thought I saw something about if you get COVID, you have to quarantine for three weeks at least. Yeah. And, yeah, it, yeah, by, yeah. And, and you can miss up to five games at least or something crazy like that in an NHL. Uh, when you and even if you say, thing. best case scenario, say you forgot at the beginning of when you get over and they're there for like two weeks or whatever, that's still another week or two in regular season where, you may still have to be quarantining. Yeah. So that's just the annoying thing with going over. And I want the players to go over because four years from now, when it's in Italy, it's going to be a little mm. different, but I, I just want to see McDavid and Matthews and all of them face each other in the Olympics. It's been so long. I want to see them in it. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I'm very, very curious on how it'll all go. Yes, oh my. But to change it back to the NHL in general, 
one thing I did want to talk about for this podcast, and I think it might take the rest of the podcast or whatever, because it might spill into when we talk flyers, there are teams that are kind of struggling this year, to put it nicely. Yeah. Um, to start the year in terms of teams that maybe you and I or experts or whoever you listen to or anything may have thought these teams should be doing better than they are right now. Jason point the Flyers or the uh, Canucks who mentioned earlier who both fire their head coaches and for Vancouver they pretty much cleaned house. Yeah, and then they've already hired, hired a, Bruce yeah. Boudreaux. Like a they're on a five game winning streak though, so there's that. They're they're on a five game. I thought it was three. It's five game winning streak right now. Wow. Meanwhile, Edmonton's on a six game losing streak. You know what's sad? Even though Vancouver was struggling like crazy. They're still not last in the Pacific. They're not, and because the Pacific isn't the best, they're still not re- relatively also out of because it either. of our good old buddy Dave Haxtell. Yeah, but I I still thought even depending on who was coaching him, if it was him or if somehow Gallant was there or whoever. Yeah, I, I still uh, thought it was going to be more of a struggle than it was for Vegas coming in because I felt the players that were there weren't necessarily t- players that were going to bring them in like that first two seasons to. The playoffs are right. winning around, and we can always talk about this on like another topic another time. But it, it is always like I think between looking at the two teams real quick before we kind of get back to where we're going at and everything, Vegas had a rough amount of players to pick from. I, clearly, Seattle had the much better pool of players to choose from, and they chose to go towards free agency. And yeah, uh, I mean, they, they, don't get me wrong; they picked some good players in the expansion draft, but compared to Vegas, they had a much better option. They're obviously looking in general. If you want to look at it this way too, Vegas is looking for now. Seattle's looking for the future because a lot of the aspects they got were young prospects from teams, younger players. Yeah. And same time, they were using guys. I would not be surprised out there for the younger players though. Like they could have picked, Like, for example, player A is, let's say they're both young players. Player A was a decent young player, but player B was a, also a young player, but a much better player. They went with player A, for example. Mm-hmm. At yeah. least in my opinion, that's how I saw it. Yeah. Like, they're not a, like, I think, I also think at some point during the, once it gets close to the deadline, some of the better players they got. In the draft, they'll use to get draft picks and more. Prospects. Yeah, I, I think Mark. And now it's crazy to say this, but I think I mean it's kind of this is why I was worried that they would name him so early on. I think that they might get rid of Gio at the deadline as well. I, mean, I, I again, that's also why I, I was like, "What's the point of making him captain?" Because like, yeah, I get that. Yep. Uh, so, but anyways, again, tangents. We love those here. Um, so other teams that have found that struggles are on the struggle bus. One of them being Montreal, which to me, I don't think was that much of a surprise given some of the players who were not coming back out of Shea Weber and um, Carey Price who yeah. are playing right now for them. And the Islanders who are finally playing the way I thought they would be playing. <laughs> that was just fun for me because I'm you know, not a big fan of the Islanders. But as I have said multiple times off podcast and sometimes on podcast, 
They are a team that is just built for playoffs. They have no offense. Just for example, quick example, and this just shows you how how they've been struggling. And it's not really def- defensively that's an issue in terms of the Metro itself. They're tied for thirds and goals allowed with 72. They're tied with the Rangers and Pittsburgh. But they are far below everyone else for goals for 51 goals. Only one team has less. And it shouldn't be a surprise. It's the Arizona Coyotes with 48. Yeah. That should show you how little offense they really get. I think some injuries they have too, but. And they didn't start. I know the Islanders didn't start off the year great because of having to be on the road for so long. Right. But they have yet to find a home field of home ice advantage, but they've only won one home game this year. One. Which is the worst. Even the Coyotes have two home wins. Out of their five, it's uh, it's it, it's pretty bad. <laughs> yeah, they only have seven wins this year. Only two teams are worse. Obviously, Arizona, who is in dead last, mm-hmm. and Montreal, who has six points, who has six wins. Sorry, it's not great, not great at all. There have been rumors or whatever that Trots may be on the hot seat there as well. That's but the thing with them, laugh though, it makes me laugh too. On earth, would you want to get rid of Barry Trotz? Yeah, and even if they think do, about, think about it for a moment. Look what this man has helped you do the last several years. You've gotten back to back Eastern Conference final trips, and you are talking about getting rid of this guy. Mm-hmm. Good luck. Yeah, if you if you're trying to win the cup, this is the closest you're going to get with this kind of coach. Yeah, I agree. But again. The reason why I think offensively gifted teams like Tor- the Toronto's or Edmonton's, like the, those teams, do so well in season because offense is ver- they're very much are very good offensively and everything. So defensively, it does it matters, but it doesn't matter too much because they can put up the offense at really any time. Which is the opposite of the Islanders because they kind of struggle to find the offense. Like we were talking the other day. Um, well, the only offenses at the moment I feel is still just Barzell. Like Lee could still do it. It could put up some points and everything here and there, but it's not. I don't think it's enough to push them forward. On the flip right. side of that, though, and if say they catch on fire, which is that is their mo at the end of the season, it's just to randomly catch on fire and just barely get in. They're a team where it's like, oh, it's just the Islanders. Oh, we can beat. We can beat them. I don't want to play them in the playoffs because that's no. when they're going to be. That's when they can take in, advantage. In the regular season, they're much more beatable than they are because they can take advantage. Because in the playoffs, they call less penalties. They can rely on mm-hmm. those and all yeah. the. And offensively, the offense doesn't go away, but it's definitely reduced once you get into the playoffs. It's a different animal. Mm-hmm. That's why teams like the Maple Leafs and Oilers, you cannot bet on them in the playoffs because. They're just not going to be able to do it because their defense, defense or goaltending, just isn't good enough to be to keep uh, to get them out of it. Yeah. Whereas that's where the Islanders thrive. 
they're building the playoffs, but not great in season. Uh, right now, it's this season, especially as we head towards the middle of December, it's kind of important to this is the one year where it's hurting you that you don't really have that much offense. Whereas for the Canadians, the Flyers take on tomorrow night in Montreal, mm. for those who are wondering. Um, I just think, and I've said it before on this podcast, I just think they jumped the gun in terms of going for it. And again, they're another team. They fired their GM and everything. They cleaned house, but I think they benefited from last season being in the division they were in because the Canadian division, I don't think was that great. And they just played the Maple Leafs who I just mentioned in the playoffs. They had their struggles and Montreal. It's kind of built in the playoffs. Not really. You realize how well arrested Carey Price was and how valuable that was, which Mm. is a, it sucks that he's not here, but it's understandable why he's not playing right now. Uh, absolutely. It, it's the first things first about Carey Bryce is, and we continue wishing him the best of luck is we, there's no time in rushing him back. Now he has been practicing, which is very encouraging news. He needs to take as much time as he possibly can uh, mm-hmm. with this. This is 100% yeah. you know, an extreme you know, scenario and case and everything. And just, he needs to take his time until he feels he's completely ready to come back and yeah. play professional hockey. Um, so there's that. But so obviously without Carey Price, you got what Jake Allen. Yep. You I don't even know who their rely backup on... is on this case. Mottenball. Mottenball. Samuel. Oh, Samuel Mottenball. Yeah, I think they picked him up off waivers. Yep. Uh, I mean Mottenball, I don't have an issue with. He's solid, but. Just this case right now is just they need uh, price. They back. just got a bunch of guys on IR too. Yes, they're one of the and the, also they're one eight and one in the last ten, losing four straight. Yeah, those injuries are piling up, like you mentioned, and it's showing. And as I was saying before, those like they benefited last year because of the division, I think, and. In the Big bubble, time. they benefited from the expanded playoffs. And because they had such a good, even though they got eliminated by the Flyers, they beat the Penguins to get into the yeah. actual playoffs. I was actually then, one of the only people to pick Montreal over Pittsburgh, by the way. Thank you. I'm not going to say that. <laughs> I think you know where I was going, but I'm not going to say A little bit, that. yeah. Um, was it Michael Scott quote? No, 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 no. I'm sorry. Sorry. Kevin Malone quote. My bad. No, 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 no. It was nothing office. It was my prediction. That playoff. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Get, get out of here. Um, which again, just showed you how arrested, how well arrested Carey Price was for them. But I think because of that, they made them think and because of all the cap they had, oh, what if we just spent and Maybe go for it because maybe this is our time. Whereas before, I think they were before, like prior to that season going into it, and I still th- feel this way is that they're we're a rebuild team. They're still rebuilding, and if you don't do this, I think Cockney Emmy would still be on Montreal. 
I think so too. Because you wouldn't um, you wouldn't really care as much. You would still kind of care that he's not producing as much as you would like him to. But you still say, okay, we're still an up and coming team. He's still developing. He's still you know getting acclimated and all that. Right. But then you went for it. You really went yeah, for and it. And then a big part of that was getting Tyler to Foley, mm-hmm. um, who's you, currently on the IR, along with Christian Dvorak, yep. who they traded for in the offseason after getting rid of Kotsuk uh, Miami. Uh, they also have Joel Edmondson and Josh Anderson, if I didn't mention him already, um, on the IR. So there's some big, And the big biggest one, there. just in terms of cap headache. Is uh, Shea Weber, who yes, of course, who knows if he's obviously be besides Price, uh, but yeah, with Shea Weber, and, and you never know about his career or anything left. It's extremely up in the air, and just like with Price, you gotta wish the best of luck for him because he was a force to be reckoned with, and I and really don't. He was, hope. and because of all the interest he kind of had in that playoffs, that's yeah, kind of where he I, is. Right I really now. do hope that his career isn't over as we know it. Um, he's always been a special player to watch, and. Mm-hmm. And always entertaining and to watch on the ice. Those two guys were key, and that's why I thought that Montreal was going to take a, a step back this year because mm-hmm. two key players weren't coming back this season. And that's fair. I wasn't. I mean, now, I'll be honest. Fair. I'll be completely honest. I didn't expect them to be this bad. Yeah. But I, I like, didn't expect be bad, them but to not this bad. Yeah. Expect them to take a take yeah. backspin or um, uh, drop down. The but not only, this badly. Let's see here. The only uh, news I have on. These guys. So I'm going to go in order from today until uh, pretty much just December. Christian Dvorak, he used a lower body injury, was ruled out indefinitely today. Jake Evans, Chris Wyman, both day to day. To fully right, um, he went under. He underwent a hand surgery earlier today. He's expected to be silent for eight weeks, according to the Athletic. Joel Edmondson, his back. Injury will force him to miss at least a few more weeks, but won't require surgery, according to John Lou of TSN. Uh, Xavier Ouellette, uh suffered an undisclosed injury last Saturday in the AHL. Um, Anderson, IR, um, and that's it. So, yeah. Also, Gallagher's not playing either. Yeah, I, I noticed that because I'm on their cap friendly right so now. So am I. I'm, I'm, they have him noted, listed same with Sammy Niku as an NHL non-roster. I am very curious. Is he in COVID what, protocol maybe? Maybe. No, that's what I, I feel like I would say in um, protocol or something. I feel like they you have know what? There's an easy way to check that because I'm going to go cap friendly, going to go to the Flyers. Oh, Caden Primo. Primo. Uh, oh, Caden Primo. Yeah. Nice. Okay. All right. All right. I mean, he's their in their minors, but he's still yeah. another goal. He's another goal um, they have up and coming. Okay. What's interesting? So Frost is on the Flyers cap friendly right now. Nothing on his profile about COVID. Okay. So who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, it definitely sucks though. I mean, but anyways. To conclude the podcast, because that's all I kind of had on those two teams. Because I, if I'm those two teams, I don't know where you. Just one last thing there. I don't know where you go. I think at this point, Montreal's just lost season. It's just, it's just what you have to call it as. For the Islanders, do you just call it okay? Mulligan. We're just Mulligan this year. It's okay. We'll come back next year and hope for hope for the better. 
or do you do what the Flyers did and what other teams have done so far and fire trots and see if that gets your team going? Right. And again, Which, I don't unfortunately, think... when your team is struggling this much, that is, and we saw that obviously with the Flyers, is what's the next step in order to get the team going again? And a lot of it is kind of firing right. or a big enough jolt to the team that makes them go again. And a lot of that is because of coaching fires, uh, coaching firing or GM or something like that. They'll get the guys going. So right. it's, well, really, it's really tough to say. I know, I know how we both you and I would feel on that. It's like, if you, we were the Islanders or running the Islanders, we would say, no, why would we fire the dude? Not that's, a chance. Why yeah. would you entertain the idea? But I, I also it, thought the same thing with Vigneault. But I, yeah, but but I mean, hey, with, with with AV, I don't think it's entirely on him. I think at this point, because like the players know his system, the, especially the ones since you know they came into uh, since he came to the Flyers and everything. I think the veterans system. took it. I think the younger players had issues with how he right about and i don't know what to believe anymore honestly there were rumors that either. he lost the locker room and everything so i'm not really sure what to make of that. i mean which i don't think is that far off given to how they played not just this season but right. how last and season went it's, too and it's definitely fair to say um just because there's so much just going on with philadelphia with how things went there and just yeah hungry oh yeah starving yeah i hear that <laughs> yeah i don't know where to go yeah i don't know what's true there or not right uh, so well, i mean i don't know but regardless though and, and that's kind of going back to and even teams and more so with the but, islanders too is that you've really dug yourself in a hole too because just right now you have 19 points if you only that, got 10 points, five and three, your last 10, yeah, you just lost your first one. So and, you get your 10 points just behind fifth, and that's Columbus with 29 points. Yeah, I mean, and the Flyers Columbus are only three points behind that. I'll put it this way the bottom four teams in the Metro Columbus, Philadelphia, New Jersey Islanders, none of them are above 500 no. in their last 10. They're three, six, and one for Columbus and Philly, two, seven, one for Jersey, and two. Five and three for the Isles. Yeah, and the Flyers. So pre- prior to that, right now, except for arguably Philadelphia, because they've now, of course, won three in a row, which is a step up compared to losing ten straight. Yes, but you see how in those cases, the Flyers now they're slowly getting going, and for the Vancouver too, getting Boudreaux, they're on a five-game winning streak. Well, so that's sometimes that me. jolt I'm can't help. It can, but that's like you said, keyword sometimes. It's not all the time. No, and so it doesn't I, guarantee you no that matter, they're going to make the playoffs or anything. Exactly. No matter who it was, I didn't expect uh, whether it's Yo or they bring in someone like Rick Talker or anything like that. I don't expect immediate success. The Flyers even lost the next two. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the loss in uh, Mike Yo's head coaching debut, Eric Roy. And one of those games against the Devils, and they got shut out. Yeah, which that was extremely surprising. Um, and then they just destroyed them 6-1 last night. So, mm-hmm. uh, But, you know, they've won three straight since then. So, Yo is 3-2 and two as the quote-unquote head coach right now. 
I'm still gonna it, it will take time. And then there's other cases like Bruce Boudreau, who's somehow killing it with Vancouver five straight. Gotta give it credit to him. I I don't think anyone was expecting this much success with Boudreau like that. No, but, but hey, Vancouver is similar to the Flyers when you look at them on paper. Yes, on Vancouver, paper, they've got Vancouver may have some players. bad contracts here and there. But yeah. when you look at some of their key players like Pedersen or Hughes Bo and bringing in uh, Oliver Thorson, Brock Besser, Thatcher Demko, um, even Connor Garland isn't bad at all. He's a solid player. It's yeah. The contracts is what, and, and that's why it was time for Jim Benning to go. It, it was longer. It was. It was. And I don't mind some of the contracts. At the same some time, that, some of them are really bad. Uh, Tyler Myers. Yeah, the fact that they were okay trading or you know, acquiring Louis Erickson's contracts mm-hmm. and Oliver Ekman Larson, even though I still think he could do well. well they, so just... Ekman Larson, they had, and then it was Connor Garland that they acquired that trade as well. They got the rights to Garland, so they had to sign him, and they still gave him a good amount of money. They did, yes. So that's and now they've run into issue of, and and this is the future GM's issue is, well, not too much longer because they got to sign you know some key players like Bo Horvat and Brock Besser coming up. So, yes, got to keep that in mind. Um, But I will say, kind of going back to the Isles here, though. No, yeah, finish that. Then I want to. Is it again just kind of so? This is it would be an issue they haven't had to deal with quite some time because they got lucky with Barry Trotz. Is you're basically you've got to start from square one. If you fire your head coach, what are you doing? Like, like if, remember. if you do that, like think about how many coaches are out there right now. Same thing with GMs. That's why it's I get it. There's not many usual like right now, there's almost little to no GMs available, in my opinion, that are legitimate candidates. Head coaches, you have Rick Tockett, technically John Tortorella. Who isn't even that bad either? He's just a hard Is Bruce coach. Bruce out there. <laughs> well, too late for that, but you know, mm-hmm. apparently he was on the Flyers list. Now, yeah. I, I don't. It's not so that you, I hate Bruce Boudreau as a coach. I is just, my only. Case I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm still. I'm kind of on the same page. The only reason why I would say it, say him, maybe is. If you hire him, he would be the one coach because I don't think AV has ever won for the Flyers at least to actually have a ring. Like Flyers had had a coach that had that since Laviolette. This is true. That's my only case. That, that for Bruce Boudreau. That's fair. That's fair. It's fair. Even if they brought in Torts, he's got one as well. He does. Again, happened a little earlier, but. Bruce Boudreau also did it. Look at the teams they did it with, too. Those two guys. Bruce did it with Bruins, who still have some of the remnant, some. As in Marsh Wait, and look at the, t- the when they were coaching those teams, look at the guys that they had when they won. Wait, hold on. Now, now you got me curious. Who did you say he did it with? Bruce? You know, he, he hasn't won one. I thought he won in 2011. 
Didn't he Hold win? On. Or sorry, I was thinking Cla- Claude Julian. Sorry, Claude Julian. Yeah, and that he does look similar because I was like thinking it, it, when you Claude said that, Julian. I was like, sorry, I was thinking. Yeah, Claude no, okay, I, I'm I'm with you now because I was like, it sounds right, but something else with this does not sound right. What's mm-hmm. missing here? That makes sense. I was saying I was the wrong name. Say. I was saying I was because Claude I kept Julian, like, and I was yeah. saying Bruce Boudreau. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I think Julian could be, could have been a good coach just because of just yeah. because of the fact that he has won. That's it. That's why. Yeah. Also, that'd be the reason why I want Trotz because Trotz won in 2018. Not that long ago. Also, just remember, before the Isles, he got to the Isles. Isles, the Isles had one of the worst had one of the worst defense in the league the year prior he got there. And two, one of the best defensive teams. Happened in one year, one season. Same team, pretty much. Yeah. But for the Flyers, though, I have a hypothetical, and it's been, I think, brought up more because of the Flyers' struggles and because of Drew's contract. If they were to continue to struggle, would you trade Drew? To give so, him a chance to win, obviously. But I won it because I liked Drew, but I would understood it if they did. I would understand it. I would hate it, but I would 100% understand it. For me here, though, is my biggest thing with Drew. He, so he, Clearly, unless so, he's a huge uh, new uh, trade clause. New trade clause. So you have to wait. It's tricky. It is. I I just see it because people just actually, and people aren't being shitty to Drew that are saying it now. More recently, it's just because they want Drew out of the. They want him to win the cup. It's not that they, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's they, yeah because the Flyers would have to, in that sense, if they trade Drew, they're starting over. That's what the that would be the message if they're trading away Drew. That's just what right. I think it would be on that. I would still keep him because yeah. you know I like Drew. Uh, um, I also yeah. would think he'd be your best chance of having a guy that would actually be able to retire as on one team. And again, it's extremely rare to see that happen. Now, I will say is also Drew, it's not like he has a or hold on. Now I gotta he's go had, he's actually. quietly had a very good season, too. Oh, he's had an unbelievable season. Not only that, I will say with Drew, it is a contract year. So that's the reason why it's being brought up more now. Well, exactly. So here's my thing. Kind of just like with Lawton, because remember, what was it last year? Or yeah, because he, was... he got a huge contract extension. But for him though, there was he, a... he, his contract was going to really expire, right? It was, and there was okay. a thought of yeah, so trading him exactly. away so because it's, it's, he would have given you. It's going to be exactly like that. The, how last year, like it was with Scott Lawn and his contract, same thing with Claude Drew, except obviously a little bit different. You got clearly a completely different player who's by far more valuable to the franchise, obviously. And yeah, I'm not saying yeah, but. I'm only comparing the contract situation of both contracts are expiring slash are expiring. And what they're going to do is leading into the deadline saying, Hey, 
if we get a legitimate Again, offer here, this depends on how the flyers. It could are be too. something to ponder, and we could talk to Claude and say, "Hey, what do you think about this?" And because you know, the only teams that are going to go for Giroux is for a team kind of like with teaming into the Chicago Blackhawks a couple years ago to a chance for Giroux to win the cup. Yeah. Now at the same time, that's where it's kind of rough because a team that's trying to win for the cup now, it's not like they're going to, obviously they're going to offer a good amount because it's Giroux. Got to think about some of the big factors on why you might not get as much. One, you're going for it now. So, although it, it, it's like I get it, you you want to you want to get Giroux, but at the same time, it's like you're you're not going to give up um, any players that you could see. No, no, no. You could be like Tampa Bay and just say, "Oh, yo, first round pick galore. Here you go. We're just handing them out like candy over here." Um, in my opinion, if they have prospects who are on the verge of making their roster, let alone like A level prospects who, like, okay, they're basically HL or NHL ready. We just don't have a roster spot for them. I realistically don't see teams saying, yeah, sure, here you go. You never know. Teams get desperate, especially when they see a player of Drew's caliber. You never know. But the biggest reason is the contract. Yeah, it's. 8.25 mil on the cap hit. So that's going to be difficult to fit into your uh, salary cap. But at the same time is it's an expiring contract. So yes. you got that playing a factor because teams, they won't nearly pay as much as they could have on for a player who has an expiring contract, obviously because it's not a guarantee that player is going to sign with them in the off season. That's true. Um, I just wanted to ask the question because I've been seeing a pop and, and that's a completely fair question. Yeah, absolutely. Because it's a great question. Also, to ask. if you do trade him away, um, where the fuck is the offense going to come? I don't know what happened to Connecty. He only has five goals this year. Yeah. Faraby, who's hurt now, but he's only got seven. JVR is suddenly on fire. He's got five. KMX then leads his team in goals, though, with 12 through S10. Then it's Faraby with seven. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty bad. But you have ever guessed that Scott Lawn has more goals than Travis Konechny? I love Scott Lawton, but unfortunately, no. Yeah, it's only by one, but still. Still, no. Yeah. He's got six um, goals and three at, assists for lots. Yeah. Connecticut's got five goals, ten assists. Even Derek Broussard, who's played in nine less games, has one more, one less goal than Connecticut. That's pretty bad, dude. Um, I will say, points wise, though, Giroux is having an all star year. He is. He's even a minus five. He's 24 points in 27 games. Kim Atkinson. 19 points, 27 games with 12 goals. Yep. That's the Cam Atkinson I've been expecting. Mm-hmm. With a Hattie last night. Thank you very much. Yes. So we'll see. I don't know. Has 10 assists. There you go. Yeah. Also, just. If you want to feel kind of optimistic for the Flyers, though, in terms of 
going forward. Just looking at the rest of the month of December, the schedule isn't horrible. So obviously tomorrow night they play in Montreal, but then Saturday they play Ottawa. You have two could be a struggle in games, but the Flyers tend to do well against better teams. Makes no sense. It's just the Flyers' mo. Yep. You play at home against the Caps, and then you're on the road next week against the Pens. Then to conclude the year, the last week of this uh, of 2021, you're at Seattle. Uh, the back-to-back at Seattle and at San Jose. That's not a horrible schedule. It really is. Honestly, this is the kind on of paper, schedule. Again, on paper. This is true. It's not a horrible On paper, schedule. this is the kind of schedule that can get you back into the season. Mm-hmm. Some people could argue absolutely the season's already lost. That's fair. Same time. I mean, if you get high at the right time, I, again, look at St. Louis couple years ago they're always a perfect example now i'm not saying that the flyers are going to come back from the dead and win the cup that's not happening blues of course a couple years ago were in dead last in january yeah and we have the coach and behold they snuck into the playoffs and won the cup that year again that's not happening this year with philadelphia but i obviously we've seen crazier things happen Mm -hmm. so it's yeah. not impossible. In you January, just need to get high at the right time. You need your your goal scorers or you know, the players that you pay to get points. I'm looking at you, JVR. He has been getting better, but he again, know. he that's not a surprise. He's a very streaky player. Yeah. So, but again, I will say he's been hot lately. So usually when he's hot, he's really hot. So yes. I expect him to start doing better. Mm-hmm. I do too. In January, just a quick look at that. And we'll take a quicker look at or closer look at it when we actually get into January and January games. Why just play on New Year's Day, but it's not until 10 30 because it's in LA. That sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the end of the year, beginning end of this year, beginning of next year. It's the West Coast trip. Um, yeah. It's and it could be a difficult month for the Flyers. Not too bad. There's some. In- uh, January. In January, yeah, yeah, because they get to LA. They they got the Ducks, who are unbelievable this year. Yeah, they're leading the Pacific they got Pittsburgh right again, who have been crushing it. They got the Sharks they, again. Uh, oh, then they got Carolina, Boston, and then you can argue New York because yeah, although we both are predicting the Rangers will fall, know, kind of yeah, teeter tottering downwards mm-hmm. and everything. Um, I think that they will, you know, yes. slowly but surely. And then you go you back to play the Islanders, you know, the, even though we even though we talked about the Islanders struggling and everything, the Flyers Islander series can be a toss up at times. Yeah. So Plus, it is a back to back. Yeah. Against Detroit there. Yeah. Which means the Flyers are probably going to lose in Detroit because they're going to you know, underestimate them. Actually, hold on. Is it? No, no, no. It, it's at home. So I'm picking Flyers one there. Okay. That's very early prediction, but okay. I stand by it. As long as you stand by it. <laughs> don't right. know what the score is. Don't know who's going to do what, but they're winning that game. That's all that matters. Jeff, my prediction. Quick prediction for tomorrow night. Yeah. Prediction time. We haven't done this in ages. Let's go. So the Flyers, as I mentioned, I think three or four times are playing in Montreal tomorrow night. 
I say the Flyers won in overtime. Ooh, an overtime game. I like it. Three oh, two. I won those in ages. Three two. Um, I also say that because I remember I was just thinking of the uh, Provorov game winner <laughs> against the Canadians. Oh yeah, um, I know which one you're thinking of. Uh, who's playing for the Canadians right now? They had their cap friendly up. I already closed out of it. Let me bring it back uh, up. So I say Hoffman scores and Ooh. Caulfield would score for. Uh, yeah, because that's right. They actually did come back up from the freaking minors. And for the Flyers. I say Drew or JVR will stay on fire and get another goal. Um, Coots will score and Konechny will get the game winner. I'm liking it. Um, I like the idea of the overtime uh, theme. I, I'm going to stick with that. Um. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Sorry. Um. So I'm going Jonathan Drummond. He's going to have two points, goal and assist. Uh, Nick Suzuki's getting a goal. Um, he's two goals in the last five games. Drummond he has four points in the last five. Um, so there's there's two of the goals there. Um, there's, you have the same score as I do. Uh. Tyler Toffoli is going to get a goal. And then that's it. Flyers are going to win it in overtime. Four, three. Excuse me. Um, Cam Atkinson is going to have a goal. Let's, you know what? Let's give uh, Provorov a goal. That's two. Scott Lawn's three. Who gets the game winner? Kurtz. Okay. Four to three. Flyers went. No T. All right. So we're both getting so worst case. Our predictions. Yes. But with that, until we talk hockey next, because next couple weeks, at least underachievers wise, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna because yeah. I think those are just gonna be like top ten moments of the year. I think those are gonna be <laughs> last two weeks. Oh, joy. I can't wait. Yeah. So be on the lookout for those. And when we talk hockey next, we'll see you.